Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We are- Welcome ladies. Here we go. We have a really, really fun episode up for you all today. We have our dear friend back with us again, Erin Vandevoort. Thank you for being here, Erin. She is our regular on the podcast, so you'll be hearing a lot more from her. We just think she's brilliant. We don't think she's brilliant. We think she's brilliant. So we were just talking, and she has some amazing stories. We were like, this story is so amazing. We have to capture this on the podcast. And if you haven't listened to, uh, I think it was our second episode on our word of the year, Maria's word this year is miracles and just how there are miracles around us all the time, everywhere we look. And Aaron was just telling us this story that happened in our life. And it's, it's truly a miracle and miracles come in all forms, but her miracle really comes through her prayer life with, and, and in talking to St. Joseph and Maria, if you can explain a little bit about, especially for non-Catholics that we do not worship people. Um, we worship God and Jesus. Yeah. You know, there is one God, but just kind of explain like how you would ask your neighbor or your mom to pray for you, oh. what that means about yeah. St. Saint, yeah. So saints are basically people who they, they really worked on honestly becoming the best version of themselves through loving the Lord and loving those around them. Well, and, um, really, you know, how we, you've heard us talk about that, the word perfect, how scripture talks about being perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, but the actual word your translation of that is be whole, be complete. And so the more that we are uh, living lives of that wholeness, you know, we show up differently in our relationships, our relationship with, with the Lord, you know, with those around us, uh, for those, again, also for those who this is kind of a foreign concept, it, it really is this idea that, you know, wholeness leads us to holiness. And in that process that we end up, um, so you take Mother Teresa, right? You know, she's someone who is a saint. You take, you know, I guess someone who, um, as Catholics, we look at saints, um, you know, someone that we recognize they are in heaven with the Lord. You know, they really live their life in that way. And, and someone we want to model our life after. Yeah. Like they lived such a virtuous life. They loved so well. They were so humble. So how can we use them as an example of, of how to live? They were living very full lives. And one of those people, this is, and this is kind of what sparked that conversation was Joseph, the, the foster father of Jesus and the spouse of Mary. And as again, you know, with saints, we don't worship them. We just, we ask them to pray for them. Just like you or I would ask, you know, our friend or a parent, Hey, would you pray for this situation or this person? And Aaron happens to have a really amazing 
stories uh, from her experience with asking this St. Joseph to pray for her and her family. And so that being said, if you'd like to know more about saints, what that even looks like, feel free to shoot us a message and we can dive into that. But it's really people living lives that we want to exemplify. So Erin, please share with us all the amazing miracle stories. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for having me back on. It's such a pleasure to be here and speak with you. And, um, you know, it's really interesting because when my husband and I, right before we started dating and he and I both being, um, Catholic, and we wanted to kind of start off our relationship or potential relationship with realizing like, okay, we need, you know, extra help. (laughs) We want to really, um, ask somebody, you know, uh, in heaven to really be kind of thinking about us, praying for us and guiding us and like looking, who do we want to exemplify? And, and it was, uh, my husband who really offered, um, St. Joseph. And I didn't really care at the time of like, I don't know that much about him, but I was like, sure. Great. So we started kind of just praying daily, asking St. Joseph to think about us and really putting our relationship kind of under his guidance and patronage. Right. And, um, and that kind of was the beginning. So that was the 10 years ago. And this really this daily um, checking in with him and asking him to pray for us and guide us has taken our relationship and our life life to whole other levels. Um, and, you know, we've received like crazy gifts that we would attribute back to St. Joseph. And um, in one of the one of the pinnacle, I think, places in our life where this relationship really came out was surrounding the adoption of our third son. And when we were considering adoption, uh, and I won't go into that, that is a long, long, amazing story of its own, but we were considering adoption and um, really our biggest roadblock was financial. So we had kind of thought through and decided that international adoption was the avenue that we were specifically moving towards. And, you know, we were kind of faced with this impending $40,000 you know, knowing that this is what it was going to be. And we didn't have $40,000. So we were just thinking, how could, how could we do this? How could this be? And, you know, it just felt the big responsibility of it and saying, okay, if I, uh, you know, I need a, I need a sign. That's what I was really looking for. And so what I did was I kind of asked St. Joseph for a sign and I said, all right, I need, and I was very specific. I said, I need a check in the mail to come in the mail to our house for $10,000. And when that check comes, I will know then that we should proceed with the adoption. And so I was not tell anyone, right? I I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my husband. Okay. And so, and I was just, this was between Joseph and I, St. Joseph and I, and we were really, um, and I just said, I just, I never ask for signs. I know this is something that you want. I just feel like I, this is such a big responsibility when you're talking about people's lives. And, you know, I just was like, I want something so clear, a check in the mail, $10,000. That's it. And I'm a kid. Do not three days later, my husband walks in from the mailbox and says, Hey, Aaron, you, you got to come and look at this. This is super weird. And I said, what is it? And he said, I, I don't know. It's just, it's these checks that came in the mail. It's like, it, they're like $10,000, but I, I don't know 
they look real, but I don't, these are so weird. Like who would send us a check for $10,000? And I ran over to him. I was like, let me see those. And I like pulled up these two checks and one was for like 4,800 and something. And the other one was for a little bit over 5,000. And I was like, they, and he's like, they look real. I don't understand. And I'm looking at them. And I was like, I cannot <laughs> believe this. I can't believe this. Like this was days, like three days later. And I'm looking at these checks and I was like, they are real. They're from some kind of bank or something. And then it was like, but how can this be? And I, then I told him, I was like, do you know what I prayed for? I was like, this is what I asked for. And I was like, but they can't be real. Like I'm so skeptical of everything. Like can't be real. They can't be real. And so I was like, we, you know, I don't want to, you know, check or cash some, you know, bogus check or some space, you know, scam or something. And we were looking up online, like, who is this banking thing? And it, we, it turns out it was in a rollover from my old um, career, like my old company that I worked for. It was like my IRAs that I had, like, they had, they're cashing it out so I could put it into my new IRA for my new job. And it was just this check. So it was amazing because we did get the check. We did get the $10,000 check as the sign, but the irony of it was it was my own money that I could not use until I retired, right? So the check, I couldn't use the money that actually came in, but a, uh, but there was the checks, $10,000. Must be like this literal man, like, you know, like he takes you for what you say, right? But the good, the other point is you did proceed with the adoption. Yeah. I, I knew it was, I knew it was, I was like, wow, this, this is so random. I mean, it had been like over a year since I had left that other job and just, it was just mm-hmm. like that. It came three days after, like it was the, the, we didn't get helped with our financial situation, which came through later, you know, on yeah. another set but of you, miracles you stepped out on trust, but we stepped mm-hmm. out on trust and moved forward. And I also learned a lesson about St. Joseph. You have to be extremely clear <laughs> about what you're asking for and literal, you know, so, so that was that's such an amazing story. And it's just like, gosh, you know, it takes me back to the Bible verse where he says, asking you shall receive, like God wants to give us those miracles. And they're probably everywhere in our life all the time. It's just, this one was slapped you upside the face, you know, I'm it reminds me of also, it kind of reminds me too, of sometimes we'll, we'll pray for things and we're like, God, give us, a, give me a miracle, give me a miracle. Right. And we don't even see what's right in front of us. So there's that story, you know, where this guy's, um, where this guy is, um, he's, you know, it's flooding and he's like, Lord, save me. And it keeps raining. And this guy comes by and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's in a little, a little, uh, kayak or a little canoe. And he's like, Hey, get on in. You know, we can, we can, we'll take you to safety. And he's like, no, I'm praying for a miracle. I'm praying for a miracle. And, and so the guy goes by and water rises more and more. And another neighbor comes by and says, Hey, get in our boat. You can totally come with us and we'll, we'll get to safety. He's like, Nope, I'm waiting for a miracle. <laughs> and then finally everything he's like, barely, he's the man's at the top of his on the top of his roof and the water has risen and a helicopter comes by and says, Hey, come on, get in. They out, we, and they're dropping down the rope. And the guy's like, Nope, waiting for God to save me, waiting for my miracle. And then he drowns and he, you know, and he gets to the, the pearly gates and, <laughs> um, and he's like, God, I trusted you. Why didn't you save me? And he, and the Lord was like, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more did you want? <laughs> and, and it's funny because, you know, a lot of times God does provide really beautiful miracles through other people. And so I love that. Uh, that's beautiful. Tell us more. Amazing. Us more, right? Yeah. 
Well, on the flip side of this adoption story, you know, we, um, a part of our story is that we lived abroad for a few years and we lived in, um, we lived in Krakow, Poland. And so we had started the adoption process and shortly after moved to moved abroad. Right. And so what that did was when we didn't have our son matched yet, so we had just done all the application work and stuff and we moved abroad and, um, were, so we were adopting from China while we were living in Poland. And this, I know when I talked to the adoption agency, I said, is this going to, you know, can we still move forward with the adoption if we make the decision to move? And she said, of course, it's just going to be more paperwork. And what I did, what we did not know was what the circumstances surrounding citizenship would be. And so what happens is when you become a U.S. citizen living abroad, it's kind of another class of citizens. So there's U.S. citizens at the top. There's U.S. citizens residing abroad under that. And so normally when uh, an American couple adopts a child from a foreign country, the child becomes a citizen upon landing, like the airplane lands on American soil and they are a citizen. Mm -hmm. And, but that is not the case for U.S. citizens residing abroad. The process for that is totally different. The process for that looks something like the, the adoption or the, the U.S. consulate in the country where the child comes from will issue a one-time entry visa into the United States. And so that's usually that that child becomes a citizen upon landing. They get a passport. They get a, you know, their citizenship. It's not a problem. But when you're residing abroad, you still have that one-way visa into the United States. And the child becomes a permanent resident temporarily. And you have a certain amount of time to apply for citizenship. So you have to go through the process of an application, pay $1,500 more, and you have to get an interview with um, one of the, with customs and immigration. They have to interview the parents and do this interview. The lag time for an interview was three to six months. And so what happens is a lot of of families who are in the situation that we were in, they will come to the U.S. and they stay. One of the parents with the child and stay for three to six months waiting for their interview with, with, um, you know, immigration. And so, and then the other parent will go back to the country where they're living and working or whatever and stay. And I just was not, that's not an option for us. I'm like, I have two little kids in Krakow, Poland. My husband's going to school there. I'm working there. We don't have time to sit. I was like, and what a horrible way to like separate the family. I'm like, during this really crucial time that we need to be working on attachment and unity as a family, this is not the time to be separated for three to six months. And so really doing all of this research and all of this, like, I was so angry that this was the system at this point and I, and really looking into this thing. And I had determined that it was possible for us to leave. And, um, no one, I apparently had ever tried this or no one that my social worker had ever known in his work. Um, and I said, if he's a permanent resident, he can leave permanent residents in the U S you can leave and come back. You know, you don't have to stay in the U S. And so, but the problem was, was, you know, they weren't, he's like, I don't know. It's up to your, whoever the guard is at the thing, if they're going to let you back in, you know? And so I said, I, we're going to chance it. There's no legal term. Like I went through every regulation you could imagine and decided that we would get the visa for entrance into Poland, keep him as a, he'd be a Chinese citizen with a U.S. permanent residency. And then he, my husband would bring him back to Poland and then we'd apply for citizenship. And then when the date came for us to do the interview, we'd fly back and that was it. 
And I was really like upset that I was like at the mercy of some random border guard, like customs and immigration guy. Anyway, so we had, we did this process and I was, I'm pretty sure I was good with it. And um, my husband and son joined us in Poland. And then um, it came time where I was like, took a paperwork break from the adoption. And then I said, all right, I need to go through the process of applying for citizenship. And it was, I was so angry because it was mountains of paperwork to go through the adoption. And I was so mad about the citizenship piece and just praying through it. And I really was like, all right, it's, you just got to do it. You can't not be a U.S. citizen. Right. So I started the app, I started doing the paperwork and like, and I was getting ready to submit it when my mom emailed me and I, she said, you should take a look at this. Right. And I open it up and it is a picture that she took of a document that was mailed to her um, because that was our U.S. address that we had listed was at my mom's house. And it was a picture of a certification for citizenship for my son. Uh-uh. And I looked at it and I was like, I didn't even apply for it yet. It's not possible that he has citizenship. And I was like, and she's like, it looks like a real document. And so I, and I called my agency and I said, I think that somebody just sent him like his citizenship and my, the agency said, I have never heard of this happening before there. She's like, honestly, somebody, the only way that this could have happened was somebody got your file and decided to grant him citizenship, even though you don't qualify for it. What a miracle. It was a total miracle. It was a total miracle. So he just became a citizen, like as if we had been living abroad and he landed on social. So she said, just take it and say thank you for whoever that miracle came from and run with it. It was what she told me. And I said, wow. it was St. Joseph. So good. Do you that have is- more? Do you have another one? Yeah, I want to share this. Um, there's so many stories, but I want to share this one story because it was really a gift, you know, and really um, one one day we were living in, in Krakow and Saturday morning when, you know, my husband was still sleeping a little bit, let him sleep in. I was getting the boys breakfast and I don't normally check my phone in, in the morning when I'm with the, with the kids when they're home from school. But, um, I don't know. I just looked at it and one of my friends, um, had sent me a bunch of messages, which was odd. So I was like, Oh no, something's wrong. And so she, I looked at her messages and she was basically saying like, that they were, had been planning on going on a family vacation. Um, they were planning on going to Austria and, um, for, you know, over a week and they were supposed to leave, um, that day and they, um, they couldn't go because their daughter was really sick. And she said, we've already paid for it. They won't let us get it, do a refund on it. You guys should get in the car and drive to Austria and <laughs> just take it. And I said, we, we don't have a car because <laughs> we were living abroad without a car. And she said, if you can, if you can get there today, you can, you can just have it. You know, we'd rather you guys use it. Somebody enjoy it because we can't get money back for it anyway. Oh and so I remember just like pausing and like, do I have the space in my life right now? Does our family have the space in our life right now? to just get in the car and go. And so it's just, I don't know, we are pretty spontaneous people. So I just remember just waking up my husband and saying like, Hey, so do you think we could get a car in three hours and start driving to Austria? If you figure out the car situation and I pack, 
I know they were going to the mountains and they were just like, they were still trying to get a refund. They were still trying to, you know, I know they'd asked a couple other people and I just said like, yeah, we're in like, we'll take it. And so, um, so I was like, just send me the details as we're driving. So I just kind of put the phone away and was thinking, all right, I got to pack for the mountains. I don't even know what that means. What mountains, where are we like Alps, I guess. Right. I didn't know. I knew nothing. And so I'm thinking I, it was summertime. It was in August. I thought I got to go find the winter clothes because if it's the Alps, that's probably cold. (laughs) And so, and I was like, so my husband, and so we, he called like the airport, he called all the rental places and they were like, this is high tourist season. Everything is gone. Like there's no cars available. And we had asked a friend of our, a friend of ours had offered, because this was like, this is vacation in Europe was in August, yeah. right? So we didn't, the boys yeah. didn't have school. Everyone was on vacation as a high tourist season. And friends of ours were already going to give, let us loan their car to go to the seaside in, which was two weeks away. And so um, I called them and said, Hey, we, there might, we might be gone because we might have to go to Austria. <laughs> so we might not be able to pick up the car <laughs> on that day. <laughs> we might be out of the country. And so she said, why, what's going on? And I just kind of told her, I was like, I don't know, we, we but we're looking for a car, but we, you know, we'll, 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 I'll get back to you when I, when I know. And she said, why don't you just come and get our car today? And I was like, what, don't you need it? <laughs> and she said, she said, no, just take it. You know, we're not going anywhere. And so my husband, they live on a train ride away, like a 30 minute train ride. And so I like literally looked at the train schedule and I was like, literally looked at him. I'm like, if you leave right now, you can make the train to get to their house in order to get back here by noon. And so he just put on his shoes and ran off the door. Like, this is like, again, within four (laughs) minutes of our decision. And we, we, he gets in the car, he gets there, he's making the train, you know, and I'm like, all right, boys, we got a pack, you know? And so we literally pull out our backpacks and pulling out, you know, boots and coats and everything. And I just start loading things in the car. I empty our fridge, throw it in the cooler, like anything that's going to go bad, anything, you know, food. And I thought, you know, we were going from Krakow currency, you know, the currency rate in Poland, Euro, which is a high jump. And I was like, I'm not buying food on the Euro. And so I like literally (laughs) emptied all my, I was throwing pasta and sauces and everything, like literally it was just boxes. And I'm like, all right, we're going in a car so I can just load the trunk. And so we literally get in the car. It was about like 1215. My husband gets back. We get in the car and I just still don't know where we're going. And he's like, where do I go? And I'm like, I'm navigating. I was like, just drive to the Czech Republic. (laughs) (laughs) okay so he starts driving to the czech republic right and i'm like Mm -hmm. we'll figure it out when we get there and on the way people are giving us directions so they're they're saying don't forget when you're driving through the czech republic you have to have this kind of you know um permit and i was like wait how do i get that so i'm literally we're texting people as i'm navigating my through we finally you know get to the czech republic we knew we were going to solden which if you know, if you've seen the latest James Bond movie was filmed in Solden, which I did not know until we got there, but we were driving. I was like, I don't even know where that is. I'm, we're mapping it out on the map. By the time we hit the Austrian border, my phone would refuse to work. Our phone navigation systems didn't work. So I had saved the address for this place. We stopped at the border, got a map and then, okay, granted. Now this was, it was about a, um, 12 no it was like a 10 to 11 hour drive is what we knew we were kind of looking into and that's why we wanted to leave by noon to get in by midnight at the latest and so paper map I knew the name of the village 
of what we're saying outside of Sweden from the address. It's all in, you know, German and like these letters, I don't even know. And so we navigate via map the whole rest of the way through Austria. We went like back on the Autobahn in Germany and going through Munich. We went back down, went through Austria, you know, got back into Austria and just kept driving and driving. We were driving and it was pitch black. It was raining. We were, we knew we were in the mountains because of the roads, like turning and twisting. We knew it was like, this is probably really dangerous if we could see right now, but we couldn't semis everywhere. And it's like, you know, midnight, the kids are sleeping, you know, 12, 30, one o'clock, we're going so slow. And I'm like, I know we're close. We're so close. Yeah. Finally, we get to this little village, you know, pouring rain. We throw the kids in the, you know, get them in there, get them in their beds. We couldn't see anything. Right. And we're like, let's just, we just fell like into our beds. We wake up the next morning and we go to the, I go to the window and I was like one of those things where I just like threw the curtains open. Cause I could hear the sound. I could hear something. And I was like, what is that sound? It was just like big, big noise, like roaring sound. And I open it up and I, both my husband, and I literally gasped like mouths open, like, <gasps> because what we saw, we were, we saw the Alps in front of us and right outside of our house, like of our place we were staying in was like this, like alpine river that was coming through the most beautiful sight I have ever seen in my life and and we spent 10 days there (laughs) Um. (laughs) but and it was our friends who had loaned us the car when Pete had gone to get the car and she said she's like wow she's like this is do you know what this is this is a gift for you from Saint Joseph because he loves you as much as you love him. And it didn't even occur to us right at the time. And so, but it was amazing to be able to enter into that whole experience and to see mm-hmm. like the gifts that were given in life that we don't even know, like, do we, are we able to even recognize like these, mm-hmm. these things that are given to us? Like that was a huge, crazy thing that happened, but even just the smaller gifts in our life, like the friend who would loan us the car, the people who were helping along the way, like those things happen in our lives. And a lot of times we don't even have the capacity to be, to be able to see it, even if we can receive it. Mm, I love that so much. You are full of so many good stories. People, I, um, I lived over in Austria, studied over there for a little while. And people always ask, where do you think the most beautiful places in the world are that you've been? And I'm like, hands down, the two top places I would say are New Zealand and Austria. I mean, it's just stunning. So I can only imagine waking up to that, especially after having driven. (laughs) It was amazing. Oh, so good. Wow. I mean, there are just miracles all around. I mean, it is just true. We just don't see them. And we really wanted to share these stories with you all today and you know, whether you're Catholic or not, it doesn't matter. It's just living out that virtuous life and Mm -hmm. allowing our uh, striving to reach wholeness, which leads us to holiness and people. It is possible to be holy and fun and normal. Like I know you probably thinking holy rollers are weirdos. Well, they were weirdos (laughs) before they were holy. Okay. So we're supposed to strive (laughs) holy. Okay. And that's what we were made by love for love out of love. We were created by God and God is love. And so we're just so excited and grateful to have you here, Aaron. I mean, you all, this woman is full of so much goodness and so much brilliance and just 
Oh, we love that we get to share her with you. Oh, interesting. Like who decides with two little kids, let's go live abroad and our kids will be fluent in Polish because they learned it when they're three years old. I mean, it's, uh, and then while we're there, let's adopt a child from China. It's really incredible. So (laughs) interesting, and we just love to share it with the world. So thanks for joining us. But also, you know, we, we are really want us to all strive to become the best version of ourselves. And this, it happens to be the year of St. Joseph. And I think it's just showing us that it is through that silent strength and that humility and that striving to always pour out in generous generosity, which is what we do by achieving wholeness so that we can pour out on others. That's really what he embodies. And um, this is the year of St. Joseph. And there's actually a guy by the name of Father Don Calloway that wrote a consecration to St. Joseph that you can do as a family. And it's just interesting to read about him and learn about him. I mean, what an incredible man that God chose him to be the foster father of his one and only son. And so we have been blessed to have Father Calloway, who we will have up next week on the podcast, just to share a little bit more about him. And, and we encourage all of us to become more like him in virtue and living that life. So good. Well, thank you, Erin, again, for being on here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We would love to hear some of your stories and some of the things you've experienced. We would love to... Um, Yeah. And again, if you're liking these podcasts, if you're learning things from them, if you're enjoying them, please like it, download them, share them, give us a review, you know, both the the stars (laughs) and then write something up. All the things. Uh, All the things. Subscribe. So please. Tune in to Father Calloway. His his next week, his story is incredible. Yeah. I mean, talk about his testimony is one of the most incredible things that, and he gives just a little bitty blurb. Yeah. Um, Wasn't he part of the Chinese mafia or something? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Crazy, crazy stories. So um, he waits for us. He waits for us and sends us those miracles and we just open our eyes. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week on Girl, What Your Grass.
then you can, and I can edit. Mm-hmm. Um, 